Welcome to the Seven Sage LSAT podcast. My name's Henry Ewing, and I'm joined with my co-host, Asta Sinha. We are continuing our series of going over different types of LR questions, and today we're doing sufficient assumption. So unless I'm totally making things up, we've already done necessary assumption, right? I don't think you're making things up. I think you are. You're crazy for thinking that, Asta. <laughs> I don't know why you'd ever say that. I we appreciate ne- we, the validation. We never, we never did that. I don't know what you're saying. So we've already done necessary <laughs> necessary assumption questions. So on the flip side of that, right, if necessary assumptions are something that have to be true in order for an argument to work, what are sufficient assumptions, Henry? Well, sufficient assumptions are things that will make the argument work. And it comes down to what it means to be sufficient. Right. What do we mean by sufficient? What are we trying to say when we say the word sufficient? There's a couple ways to think of this. When I think of sufficient, I like to think of enough, right? If something is sufficient, it is enough. Now, enough has a, I feel like it has like a negative connotation, but enough is actually very good. Let's say coffee is $6 and I have a $20 bill. Well, a $20 bill is enough to buy a coffee. It's actually more than enough to buy a coffee. So I have a sufficient amount of money, right? I have enough to buy the coffee. But is it required that I have a $20 bill? No, right? I don't need a $20 bill. As long as I have $6, I can buy that coffee. And so when we're looking for a sufficient assumption, what we're looking to do is just make the argument work. Just make the argument work. It doesn't have to be perfectly tailored to the argument. As long as the the, the assumption I pick, the sufficient assumption I pick brings me from from premise to conclusion, one would consider it to be sufficient. Absolutely. If you can buy your coffee, it's sufficient. You could have $20, you could have $15, you could have $10, you could have exactly $6. All of those things are sufficient for you to buy that coffee. Absolutely. So when we're doing a sufficient assumption on the LSAT, what we'll be given in the stimulus is a broken argument. We're going to be given an argument that is not valid, right? The premises do not lead me to the conclusion. And so our job when we're looking for an answer choice is to find a, an answer choice, a premise that is enough right, or more than enough to make the argument work. When you said that we have a broken argument, the only thing that was going through my head is like, you know, that trope, it's like, I can fix him. He's broken, but I I can fix him. Oh, okay. It's the only right, thing yeah, going okay, through my so. head. You can fix the argument. Yeah. You can fix it. I, I can fix it. Well, hopefully you can fix him. In any case, we're given a broken argument, and our job is to fix the argument. So we're looking for an answer choice that is going to bring our argument to the point of validity. It's going to make the argument work. And so when we're looking at something along the lines of, I want to say that apples are delicious. Sure, I could say, you know, if it's an apple, then it's delicious. But I could also say, hey, all fruit is delicious. Apples are fruit, and and therefore an apple is delicious. I don't need to say that all fruit are delicious, right? I don't need to include mangoes in here. I don't need to bring watermelons in. I don't need to do it, but I can't. And if I say that all fruit is delicious, then that makes the argument work. Perfect. That makes a lot of sense to me. Why don't we jump into an actual sufficient assumption question on the LSAT. All right, so today we're going to be doing a question from June 2007, section two, question six. So I'll go ahead and get us started here. It starts off with an undergraduate degree is necessary for appointment to the executive board. Okay, so if I'm on that executive board, I have to have an undergraduate degree. It's necessary for that. Further, no one with a felony conviction can be appointed to the board. Okay. So if I'm on this executive board, I know that I have an undergraduate degree and I know that I do not have a felony conviction, right? That's the criteria that I've got so far. Thus, Murray, an accountant with both a bachelor's and a master's degree. Okay, well, I don't really care about the master's degree. He's got a bachelor's. He's got an undergraduate degree. Murray is good to go on that front. Good for him. Good for him. Master's degree. I've got a master's degree. I don't know what it did for me. But I've got you have one. a master's degree? I do. 
in philosophy. I didn't know you got a master's degree. Yes. Huh. There's a lot of things Shocking. you don't know about me. Anyways, and a master's degree cannot be accepted for the position of executive administrator since he has a felony conviction. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cannot be accepted for the position of executive administrator? All I know is about the executive board. I know that if you're on the executive board, you've got to have an undergraduate degree. You cannot have a felony conviction. But now we're saying Murray can't be on, can't be an executive administrator because he has a felony conviction? That's a crazy conclusion to draw from what we know. This is a broken argument, right? There's nothing connecting the executive board to the executive administrator yet. You might be thinking, Asta, well, the executive administrator position is probably on the executive board. You don't know that. You don't get to assume that. And if you do... That is a fatal, fatal mistake that people make time and time again on the test is adding in this extra information, filling in stuff where there isn't anything in the argument. Be very careful, right? Take everything you see at face value. Right now, I'm seeing a broken argument saying, Murray, poor guy, can't be an executive administrator, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, Henry? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. Classic LSAT sneak attack there, right? Talking about the executive board, and all of a sudden, boom, can't be an executive administrator. That's like a smoke bomb that comes out from below your laptop. Yes. Crazy stuff. Well, let's take a look at the answer choices and see if we can find a sufficient assumption that can fix this argument. Poor thing. Answer choice A. Anyone with a master's degree and without a felony conviction is eligible for appointment to the executive board. Well, that doesn't change a whole lot. Great. I still don't know why Murray can't be an executive administrator. Right? Yeah. Now, so one thing when you're looking at this, we think like, okay, again, we don't care about the executive board. We care about the executive administrator or, or what it takes to be an executive administrator. So you see this as like, okay, interesting. So sure. Even if this was talking about being an executive administrator, the problem is that Murray's got a felony conviction. And so it wouldn't even apply to him. I know. Poor Murray. I, 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 we believe in second chances. Okay. We do. We here at the Seventh Stage LSAT podcast think Murray should be an executive administrator, but not very well. We don't know his qualifications. Oh, uh, well, yeah. We don't know. I don't know yet. He could be let's a terrible find out. Could be a terrible person. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Well, let's take a look at answer choice B and see if that gives us anything more than what answer choice A did. B says only candidates eligible for appointment to the executive board can be accepted for the position of executive administrator. Mmm. Interesting. All right. So this is saying if you're able to be an executive administrator, it must be the case that you can be on the executive board. Now, the problem for Murray is can he be appointed to the executive board? Unfortunately not. You can't have a felony conviction. Yeah. And so and because he can't be on the executive board, that means he can't be an executive administrator. So very bad for Murray, but very good for our argument, because that's exactly what we want to say. <laughs> exactly. We needed to find a reason that Murray can't be, poor guy, an executive administrator, and answer choice B gives us that. It's because only candidates eligible for appointment to the executive board, which we know Murray can't be a part of, can be accepted for the position of executive administrator. Now, this answer choice here, it's sufficient, right? It gets us to our conclusion why Murray can't be accepted for the position of executive administrator, but it's not necessary. Right? That isn't something that has to be true, that only people eligible for the executive board can be an executive administrator. Another example of a sufficient answer choice could be, I don't know, the people who decide who gets to be the executive administrator won't hire someone with a felony conviction. Right? That is also sufficient in the same way that answer choice B is. Or maybe they won't hire someone with a master's degree. Oh, maybe. M maybe Who's they will hi say? hire someone named Murray. Maybe God they just knows got a vendetta against Murray. <laughs> It's just business. Answer choice B is sufficient. It's just, it's just the LSAT. It's sufficient, but it is not necessary. 
Let's move on to answer choice C yeah. before let, Henry creates cut, some enemies. Let's cut all of what that what I just said there. I don't even know. Let's C, not. That shit an was undergraduate funny. degree is not necessary for the acceptance for the position of executive <laughs> administrator. Mm. Okay. So an undergraduate degree is not necessary for the acceptance of for the position of executive administrator. Great. But Murray has one. Yeah, Murray has okay. one. So it's like, it, it, I mean, th- again, this is this does not inform us on who can or can't be on the executive administrator board. It just says it's not a requirement. Okay. That doesn't mean if you have one, you shouldn't be in an executive administrator, or if you do have one, you should be. It just says it's not necessary. Again, doesn't look good. C, we toss it out. D. Boo. D, if Murray did not have a felony conviction, he would be accepted for the position of executive administrator. Okay, great. This is saying that if he didn't have this thing, he would be accepted. The conclusion in our argument, though, is that he wasn't accepted. Answer choice D is giving us a reason why he would be accepted. We need to find an assumption that explains why he wouldn't, right? It doesn't go both ways. This tells us about, you know, if we're looking at D, we're, we're thinking, all right, who would be accepted for the position of executive administrator? Well, we don't want that. We want to say that Murray won't be accepted for the position of executive administrator. Even if this did say if Murray did not have a felony conviction, he wouldn't be accepted for the position of ex- executive administrator. The problem is, is the sufficient side of this doesn't trigger, right? If Murray did not have a felony conviction, well, that's just not the case. Sorry, Murray, but you've got one. Answer choice E. The felony charge on which Murray was convicted is relevant to the duties of the position of executive administrator. Ooh, that sucks. That really sucks for Murray, but does nothing for our argument, right? Just because the felony charge is relevant doesn't explain why he can't be an executive administrator. Even if it is relevant, I still need a reason why that doesn't work. Maybe, maybe Murray was convicted of grand larceny. And he's applying for the position of executive administrator of theft. That's, a, that's, a, qualifi- well, that's mean, a qualification then. That's a good thing. I was about to say, like, he, he knows what's going on. He knows the ins and outs of this thing. But the point is, like, whether or not this felony charge was relevant isn't a sufficient assumption. It doesn't get us to our conclusion that Murray cannot be an executive administrator. Yeah, this idea of, of relevant to the duties, again, sure, great. If you feel like E is good, one, you're probably assuming that the, the felony charge cuts in the opposite way, right? It's, it's, it's bad for the duties of executive administrator. And, and even if it was bad, that doesn't mean he can't be accepted for the position. So... So cool. That brings us to the end of number six. In general, I just kind of want to circle back to the coffee example that Henry made earlier. I think that's a really great way of just explaining what is a sufficient assumption. If you need to buy a $6 coffee and you've got a $20 bill, you are good to go. That is sufficient. Do you have to have a $20 bill? No. So looking at this argument, right, if we know that if you are ineligible for the executive board, then you are also ineligible for executive administrator. Cool. That's your 20 bucks right there. You are good to go. That is sufficient. Argument makes perfect sense. Point is, answer choice B, that is sufficient. That does what it needs to do, but it is not necessary. So just kind of think about the coffee example when you're trying to decipher whether or not something is a sufficient assumption. So that all being said, thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. Bye, y'all. Peace. For more LSAT study tips, visit sevensage.com.